Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. And Paul the Apostle is writing and he says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what is sinful or your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Well, last week we had an, an awesome Easter. I mean, it was an amazing Easter. And uh, we met in two locations, in Hofstra University and Rosedale. And what a big win we had at Rosedale. We had about 700 people at Rosedale last Sunday morning. It was amazing what God did. We had about 2,000 people at Hofstra. And some of you didn't come to church on Easter because you didn't want to drive to Hofstra. I just want to encourage you that it's not far at all. It's really, really simple to get there. It was simple. It is a beautiful facility. Oh, it was so beautiful. It was amazing. Uh, it was enough room. There was enough room for everybody. And so we were able to really feel comfortable there. The sound was amazing. Everything was great. And it's right down the road. And so I want to encourage you. Come out for Easter. You're going to enjoy it more than you could ever imagine. Uh, but this morning, I want to continue my series entitled, You Make Me Crazy. And it's a series about building relationships. And so far, we have discovered that our relationship with God always determines our relationship with others. Our relationship with others determines or is an outworking of our love for God. And our relationship with ourselves will always determine our relationship with God and with others. And we talked about that. And we discovered that the truth of the matter is, is that we actually 
uh, so often make ourselves crazy. How many of you make yourself crazy every once in a while? Let me see your hands. Come on, be honest. How many of you make yourself crazy? Come on, I, I make myself crazy sometimes. You know, I talk to myself more than I talk to anyone else. And I think things about myself, and so, so often I'm harder on myself than anyone else. How about you? Are you hard on yourself? Mm, isn't that true? And so we need to learn how to be able to love ourselves, care about ourselves. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about conflict and, and why conflict happens. And so often, we are the source of conflict in our life. And then we talked about learning how to communicate, learning effective ways to communicate with one another. But this week, I really want to share with you just one principle, one principle that is the key to powerful relationships in your life. Now, I want you to know that God wants to take your relationships to a whole new level. And I want to talk to you about one powerful principle that will make your relationships powerful, synergetic, exponentially uh, productive and fruitful. And so if your relationships are important to you, I want you to really understand that the truth is your relationships are more important to God than they are to you. God actually has great relationships waiting for you. Come on, somebody say amen. Say, God has great relationships that are waiting for me. See, God wants our relationships to take an entirely different level in our life. God wants our relationships to be synergetic. He wants our relationships to bring glory and honor to him. He wants them to be dynamic. He wants our relationships to be life-changing. He wants our relationships to be destiny-producing. You know, there have been people that have been placed in my life that have helped me to get where I am today. There's no way in the world that I would be where I am today without the God-given relationships that God allowed me to have in my life. I mean, I think about my mother. If I wasn't born in my mother's family, uh, and I wasn't born to Leisha, Letary, uh, I actually wouldn't be the person that I am today because so much of what I have learned in my life is a direct understanding of what my mom put into my life. I, I, I think about the people that God placed in my life, the, the, the men of God that God placed in my life. I think of Pastor Rabinow. Pastor Rabinow was a powerful man who actually pastored this church. And when I was a young man, he poured into my life. And he taught me that character was more important than anything else. He showed it to me. He showed me that integrity and character and honesty was a really important thing. And that, that he modeled it for me. And I wouldn't be the person that I am today without Pastor Rabinow in my life. Pastor Dave Munizzi, a couple of weeks ago, visited our church. He taught me what it meant to be a man of prayer. He taught me that prayer is the most important thing in my life. I, I remember a teacher in sixth grade. His name was Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, sixth grade teacher. That's a long time ago. But I remember that teacher. Why? Because he challenged me. He challenged me to do things with excellence in my life. I don't remember any other teacher's name. I think one other teacher's name. That's it. I don't remember any other teacher but one other teacher's name. But I remember Mr. Barnes because he just absolutely poured into me. And I wouldn't be the person that I am today 
without those kind of people in my life, my mentors, my friends, people I met along the way, my wife. I met my wife when I was 17 years old. And I wouldn't be the man that I am today without my wife Lisa in my life. Oh, she sees all the ugly. She sees all the struggles. She sees all the pain. She sees all of the insecurities. She sees all the fears. And she, she believes in me. And I thank God for a woman who stands behind me, who teaches me so many things by just watching her life. People I met that changed the very course of my life. They changed the way I think. They helped me become the person that God has meant me to be. You know, the Bible is filled with stories like that. Saul meeting Samuel and Samuel speaking into Saul's life. David and Jonathan, best friends. Moses and his father-in-law who helps him to understand that he's going to burn out. And Moses' father-in-law gives him a pattern for ministry in his life. Jesus and his disciples, Paul and Timothy. Relationships are God's gift to us to take us to where God wants us to go. We cannot go where God wants us to go without significant relationships in our life. I want to say that again. You will never get to where you need to go without significant relationships in our life. That's why you better know who you're in relationship with. See, every relationship you have in your life is taking you somewhere. Look at me. Young lady, listen to me, young lady. That young man that's got your fancy right now, that you think is so handsome and so cute, and maybe the most popular person in school, you better know who you're getting connected to. You better know where you want to go because, listen to me, he's going to take you places that you may not want to go. He's going to take you places you may not want to go. And so it's so critically important to understand the relationships in your life is so often going to determine so much of the outcome of your life. Ask a woman, ask a, 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 a middle-aged woman who decided that she wanted to marry somebody who wasn't a Christian. Ask her where her life has gone. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord is not a Lord of grace and mercy and compassion, and God can take difficult situations and turn them into great situations. But the Bible is clear. Paul the Apostle says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Wow. In other words, relationships have such power in our lives that they can actually change the way we think. Let me say that again. Relationships are so powerful in our life that they can actually have some power to change the way we think. Remember what Paul says, bad company corrupts good character. The people that we live with, the people that we are in connection with, the people that we yoke ourselves with, relationships have such power in our lives that they can change the way we behave. It can change the direction we're going. It can change the way that we're, we're living our lives. And so listen to me, I am deeply convinced this morning that God also wants to create. He wants to create divine encounters for you and I. He wants you to meet people. He's already set up divine meetings. He's already set up divine encounters. He's already set up divine relationships. And he doesn't want you to miss those divine relationships because you're running after the wrong relationships in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. 
He wants you to be connected to people. He wants to put people in your life that will help you and I get to where God wants us to be. He wants to give you divine partners that will be people that will help you with your divine calling. When I was 19 years old, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that God called me to be a pastor. I actually knew it a lot sooner than that. I was running like Jonah. But I surrendered to the will of the Lord when I was 19 years old. And I loved my wife, Lisa. And I told her, like, weeks after we had met, I'm going to marry you. I knew I was going to marry Lisa. But I remember when I got on fire for God. You see, when I met my wife, we were both not serving the Lord. And so we entered into a relationship that actually was not a really great relationship because it was not a relationship that was blessed by God at that moment because we were not serving the Lord. But then we both gave our lives to Jesus. My, my wife got water baptized right here in this church. And I'll never forget having that difficult conversation with my wife. I told my wife, I said, "Hun," I said, and, and at the time she was my girlfriend, I said, I know where God wants me to go. I know where God wants me to go. I know where God wants me to go, and I know what God wants me to be. He wants me to be a pastor. And he may call me to leave New York. He may call me to leave America. He may call me out and, and, and ask me to do something that's going to be hard and difficult. I'm going to ask you this one question, and I will be okay. I said, I'll deal with it. I'll weep. I'll cry. I'll have to deal with whatever I have to deal. But if you want to walk out, you can walk out because when you join with me in this journey, it's not going to be an easy journey. But I have to know that you're going to be supportive. I've got to know that you're going to come alongside of me. I've got to know that you're going to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I've got to know that we're yoked together. I've got to know that not just because we're Christians, but because we've got a divine connection that God sent you to me so that you can make me a better man of God, so that God sent me to you so that we can be partners in ministry. And I thank the Lord for the last 35 years that my wife and I have been serving in ministry, that my wife has been by my side. She supports me every single day of my ministry. We literally do ministry together. Now, you might not see my wife on this platform, and, and the truth is you probably won't see her much on this platform. Why? Because she's shy. She doesn't like to get up in front of people. But man, oh man, if I didn't have her by my side, she is my chief administrator. I say I want to do this, and she says, how are you going to do it? Let's strategize. She sits down and puts it all together so that we can do it. I'm the big picture, and she's the person who makes it all happen. Come on, somebody. Can't do it without her. Besides that, every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, I roll into the house, and I've got pasta on the table. Come on, somebody. You talk about a good Sunday. Come on. If I know I've got pasta waiting for me at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to have a good sermon. Come on, somebody. You know, who would have thought seven years ago when, when I called up Convoy of Hope and I told them we wanted to do an outreach in Valley Stream, who would have even imagined the partnership and relationship that we would have had eight years later and how God has blessed our partnership in such a great way to, to reach so many people? See, it's so important to recognize that your relationships, listen to me, I want you to write this somewhere. My relationships will be the greatest asset that God will give me in my life. My relationships 
Young lady, your relationships will be the greatest asset that God will give you in your life. So choose well. Young man, your relationships will be the greatest asset. It's not your money. It's not your, your job. It's nothing but relationships. And that's really important. So, so how do you steward? How do you protect? How do you choose? How do you embrace the relationships in your life so that you can have quality relationships in your life? This morning, I, I want to just, I want to give you one powerful thing that the Lord spoke to me about this week. I want to give you the greatest secret in, in having great relationships in your life. Now, I know it's going to sound really super, super spiritual. And I know it's, it's for some people, it's going to be hard to grasp and understand. But I want to tell you today that, that there are nine ingredients in every relationship, nine ingredients in a relationship. Now, I want you to know that today, this morning, before church, uh, I, I, I want to say that I baked it, but I don't know how to bake anything. I don't even know how to make hard-boiled eggs. Um, but this morning, I went to my friend Aldo, the baker. Go over there. Listen, after church, go over to Aldo, the baker, and say, Pastor Steve sent me and blow his mind. You did that one day. There was lines out the door. He loves it. He loves it. Um, but, um, but if I were to bake a cake, uh, I would have to know the ingredients. You know, if I just decided to go into the cabinet and get some bacon soda out and, um, and, and get some comic de the comet detergent out and, and just kind of get, you know, and, and, and get some glue and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and just throw it all together and say, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to, you know, take a chance and hopefully it'll turn out to be a, a great cake. How many of you remember the Little Rascals? You ever remember? <laughs> you got to see this episode. The Little Rascals are making a cake. Do you ever see that one? It was the funniest thing in the whole world. And so they, they're making a cake, and they're throwing all these things into the cake, and they threw soap into the cake, you know. So now when they're sitting down to eat it, the people are eating it, and they're talking, and the soap bubbles are coming out. They were throwing shoes in the cake. It was the funniest thing in the whole world. I love it. You got to check it out. You got to see it. You know, I, I think that people treat their relationships the same way. They treat their relationships so haphazardly that they don't realize that there are ingredients in every healthy relationship that makes a, a relationship really healthy. And so we just kind of throw this in a little bit and throw that in a little bit. We throw the philosophies of the world into the relationship. You know, we, 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 we watch TV and we think that we're going to watch Oprah or we're going to watch Jerry Springer. He's a crazy maniac. Come on. And he has these people that come on his show and they're like completely dysfunctional, right? You know, or Dr. Phil. We think we're going to get wisdom from the world and we think that somehow we get this wisdom from the world and we're going to throw that in the cake. And then we're going to go with some, some philosophies that we've learned over the years. If it feels good, do it, you know, or whatever it may be. And, and we throw it all together and we think that that's going to make a good relationship. But I believe that there are nine ingredients for a great relationship. And there's one, there is one uh, conduit of all those relationships. There, there's one who puts all those relationships together. He puts it all together in our life so that we can have good, productive relationships. And, and when, when we do it his way, right, 
when we do it his way, then our relationships become sweet. Oh, my goodness. I know that somebody wants a piece of this cake. Who wants a piece of this cake? Look at this cake. I don't know if I, hey, I got it, I got it, I got it. Who wants a piece of this cake? Anybody want a piece of this cake? If you come right now, I'll give you a piece of the cake right now. Come on. Come on. Who wants a piece of this cake? Come on. You, you, the price is right. Come on down. What's up, baby? He no fool. There you go, my friend. Enjoy. 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 And when we have the right ingredients in relationships, our relationships are so sweet. You know, yesterday I went to a party for Pastor Carlos, who's the pastor of a Spanish ministry, and 40 years, he was 40 years old, and it was so beautiful. His wife got up, and his wife began to talk about Pastor Carlos. I just was amazed. She talked about what a godly man he was, and then she said, you know, the thing about being with Pastor Carlos or being with you, she was talking right at him. She said, you know, the most wonderful thing about being married to you is you are my best friend. And she said, I really love spending time with you. She said, I love just being with you. And I thought, you know, that was so sweet. And, and when your relationships have the right ingredients, it's so sweet. It's so sweet that other people can taste of your I literally was tasting of their relationship. I got a bite of their relationship yesterday. I was like, Mwah. that is so sweet. That is a well-done cake with the right ingredients. Amen? And so I just want today to help you to understand one thing about how to get those ingredients in your life. You see, I, I, I want you to know today that these ingredients are not worldly ingredients. These are powerful ingredients. I need to warn you. These principles are spiritual. They're not unspiritual principles. They're not carnal Christian principles. They're not lukewarm Christian principles. They're not baby Christian principles. They are, they are for the serious. They're for people who seriously want to glorify God in their life. Now, I know that there are a lot of pastors that are toting, you know, principles that, that are worldly principles. They just put, you know, Christian terms around those worldly principles. But I want you to know that the only way for you to really have great relationships is that you need to make a serious decision. Look at me. Listen to me. Here it is. You need to make a serious decision that you are going to be spiritual first. That you are going to be spiritual first. That you're not going to be carnal, but you're going to be spiritual. You're not going to be directed. You're not going to be led by the flesh. But you're going to be spiritual in your life. You can only have great relationships when you are spirit-filled. Let me say that again. You can only have great relationships when you're spirit-filled. So if you're going to have really strong, healthy, God-honoring relationships, then you, my friend, need to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in your life. Listen to me. Godly, great, God-glorifying relationships always require people who are filled with 
the Holy Spirit. Fruitful relationships, sweet relationships, great relationships require people that are controlled by the Spirit, that are led by the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. The key to every great relationship, the key to every healthy relationship is the Holy Spirit. He's the chef. He's the cook. And he's the only one who can cook you up a relationship that's going to be sweet, that's going to taste right, that's going to glorify God. Listen to me. I want to tell you right now, there's no way in the world that you could ever have a God-glorifying relationship without the person of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. I know you might say, but I know non-Christians. They love each other. No, no. They're together. They may even love each other, but they're not giving glory to God. They're not using every ounce of their energy. They're not using every ounce of their being. They're not seeing that their life has been really put together for one reason, to bring glory and honor to God. Listen to me. I don't care how much they love each other. I don't care how much they go out and have a good time all the time. Listen, our life is about glorifying God. The Bible says whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. And when two people come together and they recognize God put them together to bring glory and honor to God, to use them together, there is something synergetic when God puts Steve Malazzo and Lisa Malazzo together. Oh, he's a sanguine. He's a people person. He's a big picture person. And then, bam, he puts uh, Lisa Malazzo in my life. She's a detailed person. She keeps me detailed. She keeps me focused. She keeps me going in the right direction. You put two people together like that, man, it becomes powerful. Come on, somebody. It becomes powerful. And that can only happen when two people are filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. See, the reason why so many Christians are miserable in their relationship is because they're not Spirit-filled and Spirit-controlled. Listen to me, Paul the Apostle gives us the key to healthy relationships in Galatians chapter 5. Look what he says. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. He said, but don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. What is he talking about? What's the flesh? Is it this? Is it this? No. When he talks about the flesh in the Greek, the word is sarx, it means the old nature, the old propensities, the, the way that we used to think. Do you know why some people have really terrible marriages? Because they're still thinking like the world. They're still thinking like the flesh. They still expect things from their wife, their husband, the way the world thinks. And when they don't get it, they move on to somebody else. Why? Because they're me-centered. So Paul says, don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but use your freedom to serve one another. Why? He said, because it, it goes back to the beginning of the, the very first uh, sermon that I preached when we talked about what is good relationships, what does God require of us, that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and what? And love our neighbor as ourselves. So Paul the apostle says, don't use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature, but use your freedom to love your other people as Christ has loved you. Use your freedom to love others as you would love yourself. Amen? He said the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. 
He said, but if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will destroy each other and be destroyed by each other. Paul tells us in verse 13, Jesus saved you. He set you free so that you can live the life that God called you with sweet relationships. That's why Paul tells us if you want to have good relationships, if you want to have powerful relationships, if you want to have productive and fruitful relationships, you have to learn how to be controlled and spirit-filled and spirit-led. So look what he says. Notice what he says in verse 16. So I say, walk by the what? The Spirit. He said, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Paul is saying, you, there's no way that you can have a great marriage. There's no way you can have a God-glorifying marriage. There's no way you can have good relationships. You can't have interpersonal relationships without being led by the Spirit. He said, why? Because the flesh is in contrary or contradicts what the Holy Spirit wants for your life. And so he says, they're in conflict with one another. There's a fight that's constantly going on. And so if you don't rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, you're never going to make it. Why? Because your flesh wants one thing. When you're in an argument, you want to win. When, when, you, when, you, when you look at your wife or your husband or whoever, you have certain expectations, and those expectations are self-centered expectations. Those have to die to self so that now you can live to glorify God and love the other person. Come on, somebody. He said, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. What law is he talking about? The law that condemns you. The law that shows you you can never make it on your own. You can't do this. The Ten Commandments. He says, you know what? Don't lie. How many times we live a lie? He said, and don't even want to do it. The last commandment is don't even want to do it. How many of you have ever wanted somebody gone in your life? Come on. I mean, like, gone, gone. I mean, like, gone, gone. Leave the gun. Take the gun always. He said, it's impossible to do this. Relationships, listen to me, relationships are impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. He says, the acts of the flesh, the old man, the old nature, the way that we think, huh? He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. There's sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties and the like. He said, I warn you, people that live like that, they can't inherit the kingdom of God. They're not living in the kingdom of God. And so if you have hatred and you've got jealousy and you've got selfish ambition and you've got unforgiveness, what is that? That's a recipe for a very bad tasting cake the wrong ingredients and he said in the and the only way you can have the right ingredients is when the holy spirit is the master chef in your life i want you to write this down i want you to put it on facebook the holy spirit must be the master chef in my life no notice all the stuff that paul lists that list that, that of ingredients that destroy a relationship all the stuff that's going to destroy trust and peace and godliness and, and harmony in your relationship. He said, but the ingredients of the Spirit, the ingredients of the Spirit, 
He said, if you throw some unconditional love into that cake, what's going to happen? And if you throw some joy into that cake, joy comes from God. See, the problem with most of us is we're looking for somebody else to fulfill what only God can fulfill in our life. This, this is the root. Listen to me. This is the root of all really difficult relationships. This is the root of conflict in all of our lives. James tells us, what's the source of conflict in your life? Isn't it that you want something, but you don't ask God for it? Isn't it the desires? He says, those desires that are in your heart. Listen to me. A desire has to go somewhere. Desire has to go somewhere. It will go somewhere. And so, so often we have desires for things that only God can meet in our life. We have insecurities. Only God can bring security into our life, true security in our life. We have inner fears. We have desires. And those desires, if they don't go up to God and we don't learn to give them to God, we're all, we all have desires in this room. We've got bad desires. We've got ungodly desires. And then we've got natural desires that are not necessarily bad. But if we expect another human being to fulfill it, they're never going to be fulfilled in our life. You understand? And so that's where now we're expecting our wife, our husband, our sons, our daughters to meet a certain need that only God can meet. You know, I need my wife to fulfill an emotional need in my life. I, I need my husband to give me a sense of security in my life. But you see, all of those things first have to come from God first. And when we are allowing God to fulfill those desires in our heart, now we're whole people. And when we're whole people, we can go into a relationship, two people that are now spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, allowing the Holy Spirit to meet the desires of our life, to guide us and lead us and fill us with the things that only God can fill. Now we come into a relationship, and that's called a healthy, sweet relationship. And Paul gives us the nine ingredients, love, unconditional love, joy, peace, peace. The reason why many people don't have peaceful relationships is because they don't truly have peace within. Can you imagine if you had peace within? Truly peace within your own heart. Then you wouldn't look for somebody else to give you that peace, that sense of peace that you, only God can give you. Jesus said, I give you peace not as the world gives it, but as I give it. Oh, if we're walking in the Lord... Truly spending time with God, allowing the Spirit of God to fill us. Man, we won't be so needy people. The reason why we have broken relationships is because we're so needy as people. And we keep on going to people to meet needs that only God can meet in our life. You get it? You understand? Love, joy, peace, patience. How many know you need a lot of patience in relationships? Bajians. You need patience in relationships. We need real patience with people. I mean, listen to me. I would not be married today if the Holy Spirit didn't give me patience for my wife. Come on, somebody. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes, man, the patience just is gone, you know. And then I go for a walk. That's why I'm so skinny. I take a lot of walks. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. And I go for that walk. I do, I do, I do. I go for that walk. Lord, Father, 
I know that the real issue is not my wife. The real issue is me. Or, Lord, I know that I need right now to forgive her and come back into the relationship with something that's going to be life-giving. I need to deal with this conflict in the spirit way, in the right way. Patience, gentleness, kindness. Man, could you imagine if, if your relationships were filled with love, unconditional love? How many of you, how many of you women in this room would like to meet a man hmm, that has unconditional love? Let me see your hands. See your hands? Yeah, come on, let's be honest. How many of you in this room, how many women in this room would like to, don't look at your husband right now. How many of you would like to find a man that has self-control in his life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you like to find a man that has gentleness in his life? How many of you men would like to find a woman that has joy in her life? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Come on, man. How about, how about, how many of you would like to find a woman that has peace in her life? Hmm? Well, let me tell you right now. You, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Then you need to look for somebody who believes in Jesus Christ and who is spirit-filled and led by the Spirit and controlled by the Spirit. Hmm? That doesn't make them perfect. Nobody's perfect. I come close, but nobody's perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect. But boy, oh boy, if, if you have a man, if you have a man who, who is, 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 is surrendering his desires to God, every day, daily saying, God, I want to glorify you, Lord God. Lord, I want you to fill me because I don't have the strength. I can't tell you how many times a day I say, God, I just don't have the strength to do this on my own. But Lord, I know that you can give me the strength to love my wife. You can give me the strength to love my children the way you want me to love my children. Lord, I don't have the strength to love this person. There are people, I'm just going to be honest with you, not one person in this room. But there are some people that are difficult to get along with in my life. And there's no way in the world that I can, I can fulfill and follow through on what Christ tells me. And what does Christ tell me to do? That I'm supposed to love them as he loves me. I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. That means I'm supposed to forgive people. Always forgive people. It means I'm supposed to love people. Always love people. That I'm supposed to always give a God-filled, God-spirit-led answer to those that I'm in conflict with. You understand? It's not easy. I blow it a lot. And I thank God. I thank God for the grace of the Lord in my life. Amen. How about you? Are you, gl are you glad for the grace of God? But no, notice what he says. He says, against, against such law, there, there is no law when it comes to these things called the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? He says, the law, the Ten Commandments can only tell you what you should do, but they don't have the strength to keep you from doing it. This morning, I was coming to church early in the morning, and I was stopped at a light. There's a light uh, right down the block from my house, and that light, that light is like the light from hell. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. I'm just going to be honest. I'm in a hurry, and that light is like nine minutes long. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? I got to get to church. I'm just going to make a confession. I've already asked the Lord to forgive me, but a few times I just... 
Mm -hmm. and, and I got convicted. I, 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 I'm telling you, I did. I did. The Bible says you obey the laws of the land, right? So I'm like, okay, Jesus, forgive me. So now I stay at the light. I don't move. And I pray for patience. And this lady's behind me, and she just whips out in front of me. Whoosh, and she goes. And I thought to myself, that's like the law. The law is a light that tells you what you shouldn't do. But the police officer is the man who makes you do what you're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit is that person in our life that gives us the strength to do it. The law is powerless. That's what Romans says. The law, the law was powerless to help us to do what we're supposed to do. Listen, there, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us as we do not walk by the flesh, but we walk in the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death to relationships. I added that. Carnally minded is death to relationships. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is hatred against God. It cannot be subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. Listen to me. What he's saying is it's impossible to, to love your neighbor as yourself in the flesh. You can't do it. It's impossible. He said, but you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Listen to me. Those who belong to Christ, Paul the apostle said, I'm crucified with Christ, right? So, so what he's saying is on your part, you have a part to play in this. You decide every day, listen to me, look at me. You decide every day who is going to be in control of your life. It's not guaranteed. It's not automatic. You decide on a daily basis, am I going to give lordship to the Holy Spirit in my life? Or am I going to take control of my life? And am I going to do my own thing? I always find that when I'm determined to take control of my own life, I always blow it relationally. Always. I'm always having outbursts of anger, jealousy, fits of rage, whatever. But when I'm controlled by this, when I decide, I take my desires to God. So here's my prayer that I've been praying lately as I close, as the worship team comes. My prayer lately is, Lord... You know I have certain desires in my life. I have evil desires. I have desires that are not in line with your word and your will. Lord, those desires have to be crucified at the cross of Christ. I give them to you on a daily basis, God. They're just not good. And Lord, I also have human desires. I have a desire to feel security. I have the desire to, to be loved and wanting to be loved by people. I have the desire to be respected and honored. Listen to me, look at me. I have the desire to be heard. And those are good desires, but if I employ unspiritual ways to get my needs met, 
then I'm still walking in the flesh and not the spirit. So Lord, on a daily basis, I surrender to your lordship in my life, Lord. I surrender my desires to you. The Holy Spirit is the key to every relationship in your life. Everything, listen to me, look at me. Everything you need to have great relationships is found in the power and the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I want to ask you a question today. Is your life spirit-filled? Paul said if, if Christ dwells in you, you have the spirit already living inside of you. That means if you're a Christian, the possibility and potential of you living a whole different life is incredibly possible through the power of the spirit. You understand? How many of you have given your lives to Jesus? You've accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Come on, let me see your hand. Then he said, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. So that means he's already there. That means there's possibility and great potential inside of you. There's a seed of greatness inside of you. He's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants you to have great relationships, godly relationships, powerful, God-inspired relationships in your life is your mouth controlled by the Holy Spirit is your heart led by the Spirit is your mind filled with the things of the Spirit are you allowing the Holy Spirit access to your life are you allowing the Holy Spirit access to your relationships do you have the ability to understand what is right and what is wrong yes because Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you will receive power. That word in the Greek is dunamis. It means enabling power. Enabling power. He's saying when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be able to love like Jesus loved. You're going to be able to experience peace, the peace that God gives you. You're going to be able to experience joy in your life. Why? Because Paul says it's not about eating or drinking, but it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be able to stay self-controlled, spirit-controlled. You'll be able to be faithful to your wife, gentle in what you do. You'll be able to be strong in the things that God's called you to do, courageous to be the men and women of God that God has called you to be. Jesus said, I will send the helper. It's important for me to go away, but when I go away, I'm going to send the helper. And when he comes, He'll help you in your marriage. He'll help you in your relationships. He's the great helper who comes alongside of you. The Holy Spirit helps us in our marriage, in our family, in our church. You know, my mother had a lot of issues with me before I was born again. I was bad news before I was born again. My mother couldn't control me. And then at 19, some say at the height of a young man's life, right? I got saved, and everything changed. I'm telling you, self-centered, wanting to go to clubs all the time, hang out, party, drinking, no control, no control in my life, no future in my life. I, I remember the day that I walked up to this altar right here, stood right here, and said, God, come into my life. And God came into my life. And then I began to learn about the person of the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit, and I said, Holy Spirit, fill me and keep on filling me. You know, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be controlled by the Spirit. And I've been living my life 
under the control of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, 19 years old, my mom didn't have any more problems with me. You know why? Because I was Spirit-controlled. I wasn't controlled by the flesh. So where do we start? We start with, is Christ Lord of every area of your life today? Is He Lord? Is He really Lord? I'm not talking about Savior. Is He Lord? Is He Lord over your relationships? We've been talking about relationships. Have you ever asked the Lord to be Lord of your relationships? Young person, is He Lord over your relationships? Are you just choosing and you think you're going to have a great, wonderful life? No, no, no. They got to be spirit controlled, spirit filled relationships. Is He Lord over your relationships? Not only is He Lord over your relationships, but are you surrendered to the person of the Holy Spirit in your life?